0: morning everybody and welcome to another episode of environmental social justice today i have my friend steve burrows um steve has done quite a few things first of all he is the ceo of b2 burrows a private consultancy he's the founder of genuine intelligence podcast yours truly was recently on that and the co-founder of era a low carbon home building platform welcome to the show steve
1: thank you thanks for having me
0: anytime and um very long history, very long background, but I'm going to dive yeah. in with the fact that you met the Queen. You met the Queen of England. Yeah, <laughs> I did.
1: I did. I was given a, I'm um, made a Commander of the British Empire by Her Majesty the Queen back in 2009. So that was quite an honor uh, for me and the family. So. Very oh yeah.
0: That. Yeah. So so what did you do to get the Commanding Order of the British Empire? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's called Commander of the Order of the British Empire and it's CBE, you see it after my name. Um, So, what do you do? Well, it was given, it was awarded for services to engineering overseas. So um, basically I'm I'm British, born in the UK and I worked around the world, um, mostly following my passion, which is what I do now, following my passion for sport. So, A little bit of a story to give you the background to that. I was designing uh, stadiums in the UK. I'm a Manchester United supporter. Mm And I thought stadiums looked like really crappy sheds. And I thought they could be more like civic buildings. So um, I started working on that probably early 90s. uh, And I ended up as part of the team that uh, designed the Nest Stadium for the Beijing Olympics. And a whole bunch of other major sporting venues around the world. So uh, followed my passion, and I got a CBE for following my passion.
0: And, and that's wonderful, the fact that your passion, you followed it, and you got this huge reward for it and, and an extraordinary lifestyle. I mean, you've also done the Apple Campus in Cupertino, which is a beautiful structure as well.
1: Yeah, that was sort of different. You know, I came to California in 2006 and worked for a company that did mostly healthcare projects in California, seismic oh. upgrade healthcare projects. And I felt that um, I, I still believe this. I think you've got to be of the place. And I thought, if I'm going to live in San Francisco, I've got to work in Silicon Valley. And so, you know, I started. And most of the Silicon Valley companies were in really old, sort of, you know, Google, Apple. They were in really old, sort of, fairly poor quality uh, developer tilt-up type buildings in really? Silicon Valley. And they, I thought it didn't really represent their sort of status as global icons and and i felt there would be a move towards people wanting to build some sort of edifice to their success and uh and i was proved right and the apple campus was sort of the pinnacle of that oh it's
0: a it's an absolutely gorgeous structure i mean i've i've never been there personally but i've seen the aerial photographs of it and the pictures stunning stunning architecture it is work. it is yeah we're, yeah
1: wonderful piece of uh, architecture and engineering
0: yeah and yeah and um so with era are your low carbon company there's a lot that you guys do to make sure that this is sustainably accurate and zero net zero energy and just a tight se- i mean i went through the entire website to go into every little thing that you do with this company would be impossible can we can you just start off with what the idea was born out of
1: yeah so so what with the problem that we're trying to solve so with, with any with any business the way i like to look at it is you know, what problem are you trying to solve? That's the number one. Do you understand the problem that you're trying to solve? And then secondly, what do you think you could do to help solve that problem? And then thirdly, how do you scale your solution to the problem that you're trying to solve? And, and so with, with Era, what we're trying to solve is a home ownership affordability. So currently yeah. it's the first time in the history of mortgages that homes have cost about Uh, the average home is nine times the average household income in the united states it's also true in most first world countries and in the history of mortgages it's never been more than five times so we have a crisis of affordability and so the question we asked ourselves is is there a way to make homes make it possible for people to get on the ladder of home ownership because we think it's a fundamental part of the American dream. So yeah. the, the question was, is the American dream, is it over? Um, and, and if not, how do, how do we make sure that people can build their wealth through owning their own real estate? And so that's the problem that we're trying to solve. And that's why when you look on the website, there are so many parts of that, but fundamentally everything we do is aimed at, at solving that problem.
0: And the affordability—we actually on on environmental social justice this webcast—we talk about home ownership and affordability quite a bit, and how mm-hmm. it has gotten a bit out of control with what people can afford, what they can't afford, and it's really pushing middle-class people out. So solving that problem extraordinarily important, something that needs to happen. But another side of it is you are you are focused on the sustainability aspect because oh. constru- go ahead.
1: Yeah, I can can talk to that. So we're we're, we're only focused on the sustainability aspect um, for one reason, and that is it helps to solve the problem that we're trying to solve, which is affordability. So we defined affordability in a really simple way. If you have more money in your pocket at the end of the month by living in one of our homes, it is more affordable than the other guy's home. And and what do you spend in a month on a property? What happens with homes is, the cheaper a builder can build it, the more cost is left afterwards for the homeowner. And developers and builders are not incentivized to build something that lowers the cost for the customer. It's one of the few products, it's, it's pretty crazy, really. It's one of the few products in the world where the customer is disconnected from the creator And really has no say in it so we we said to ourselves if affordability is having more money in your pocket at the end of the month why don't we look at all the things that you spend money on so those are energy bills you know water bills um uh insurance uh, maintenance um yeah i could go on and on and and so everything that you spend in the month we said, is there a way to make the total amount that you spend lower? And the reason, the, the way to do that is sustainability. So yeah. if we design something that really is, you know, my analogy is, um, you know, you could buy a Tesla as a car, it's designed to be an electric vehicle. Or you could buy a Ford F 150 truck and you could strap a solar panel on the roof of the truck and you could claim you have an electric vehicle. And that's what we're doing with our homes. We're taking tract homes that were designed; they weren't even designed for the weight of the solar panel on the roof. And then we strap some solar panels on the roof, and we say our house is all sustainable. No, it's not. It's got has got insufficient insulation. It's got put the wrong windows and doors. It's it's bigger than it needs to be. You're heating spaces you don't and cooling spaces you don't go into. It's not fireproof. So you're going to pay as the insurance premiums go up you're going to pay more and more and i could go on and on and but it just wasn't designed yeah to be efficient and so we said what would an efficient home look like and let's create that and we've done the the math it's cheaper for people to mm. to have an error home than it is to have a tracked home with a solar panel strapped on the roof and, um, and, and so we believe, you know, we believe we found a way to help people to build wealth through real estate.
0: And thank you for saying that line. Um, building wealth through real estate is extremely important, and that has been denied to so many people over the past yeah, several decades. And that's why we're seeing some of the problems today is that inability to build wealth because of the real estate costs or yeah. being forced to rent without actually doing any equity into your own home ownership, which is very important. Um most people don't most people don't realize some do that c- construction as a whole has a huge carbon footprint, just the constructing the building, and then the maintenance and the operation, which is what Steve was talking about. So um you collaborate with the owners, you collaborate with your builders, you collaborate with your suppliers. You have all of these people brought together coming yeah. to the table equally to discuss. Yeah. And as you said that's that's a big disconnect that does not happen in the construction industry.
1: No, we're trying to give the power to the decision maker so you know right now if you if you want wanted to build a house you know you'd have to educate yourself on all the decisions do i use heat pumps geothermal um, uh, rooftop solar um do i create a sort of a way in which i can you know naturally heat and cool the spaces what is the thermal envelope all of these things they're all just terminology that means something to me and don't mean anything to the average person and so we said, how can we make it really simple, that people can make some choices on our website just by clicking on it, and they see a number, what what is it going to cost me, and what am I going to save? Is it a good investment for this property? Can I make a good decision? So we yeah. said, if we just simply provide a platform where people are able to make good choices, so we curate the the, the supplier list of the key things, and we curate the builders who know how to build these sort of homes. We let them come onto our platform. We connect the supplier to the builder through the customer. We have a like. platform in which people can make good choices. And, and really that's, that's all we're trying to do is to help people create homes that can, can grow with them. I mean, you know, another part of our houses, I don't know if you know this, but 50 years ago, people in the United States, You know, there were about four people in a family and they lived in about 850 square feet. And today there's about three and a half people in the average family. So there's less and they live in about two and a half thousand square feet. So the the house size has gone up three times and the size of the family has gone down. And so we are saying to ourselves, well, you know, you need some space when you have children. And you probably yep. don't need that space when the children have gone, all of that space when the children have gone. So can we design homes that you can add to and subtract from as your life changes? So we're trying to create homes as they're animated because homes, are. <coughs> excuse me, homes have become inanimate objects. You know, you build them once. A builder's supposed to, when you buy a house, let's say you buy a house and, you know, our parents might have lived in the house for 50 years the house wasn't designed for how they were going to live their life through those 50 years. And it's really expensive to alter it, to change it. We all know that from COVID, you know, creating offices in our homes, you know, yeah. either you were lucky that a space sort of worked like with me, or you were unlucky and you had to work in your kitchen or on your dining room table
0: or something. Dining room
1: right here. <laughs> if you could create an office when you needed one and take it away when you didn't, wouldn't it be better? And so we're we're creating animated homes where certain parts are fixed and certain parts are variable and you can change the use of space very economically and the idea there is you don't have to sell your house you know people generally buy a house if they get married have children you know whatever you know whatever it might be the house gets bigger and bigger and bigger and they keep moving house and that costs them money every time they move and then when they get to it's too big they start selling their house so the whole property market with all the costs of fees you know and, and, and mortgages and remortgaging and, and closing housing, yep. all of those costs are because people can't change they might like where they live but they can't change it and so we said well we can we can design homes that can be changed and if we think about that from the beginning so how might people change their house and uh and can we design to allow that to happen really easily and simply at minimal cost so you know that's our that's our story and uh, can we do it all yet no um you know we're a startup and we can do certain things we can do and we do well and certain things we hope to be able to do in the future and uh and and but our goal is to you know help people to own homes where they think it's just out of reach
0: I I'm curious when you said, you know, you can build them so they can grow with the family. How do you subtract? What are you doing to make the house oh, easily. so
1: it's, pretty, it's, it, it, it's easy and it things, and we're not the first people to think of this. So you can go back to the work of, you know, Moshe Safdie is one of the greatest architects that, you know, that's ever lived and created a project in Toronto, which is a multifamily building based on this idea that you can, if you, if you imagine that the building has a core, and you can plug rooms in the outside you could have a frame all of the walls can be non-load bearing and you can plug a bedroom in when you need it and you can unplug the bedroom when you don't you know to put Ooh. simply and so um you 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 see this sort of with these ADUs people putting these sort of super sheds in their backyard
0: you know additional dwelling unit
1: just so yeah. people know what that makes sense they plug them into the ground right and they into the utilities. so the utilities are like the Lego part they plug a, an ADU into the ground but you could equally unplug that ADU and sell it to your neighbor who could plug it into their ground it's not a big stretch to say well what if you plug it into the wall and the house the building's already got all the utilities and then you unplug it when you don't need it and you sell it to your neighbor down the street who's you know also got an era home and they're and and she's expecting their first child and they want to add a bedroom and they plug it onto the outside of that building and in I the process it. you know we can change you can you can change the decoration on the wall you can change the um uh, the, the utilities inside the space um we're saying why throw it away because right now when you when you modify your home you basically um demolish it put it into a into a you know container and throw it into the landfill. That's all yeah. your money that you're throwing away. Imagine if, if you know eBay gave us this idea that everything has a value. I just sold something yesterday on Facebook Marketplace. Everything has a value to someone else. Yeah. When it doesn't have a value to me, except your home. Your home has a, apparently we're supposed to believe it has no value when you when you demolish something in your house. It has no value to anyone else. That's just not true.
0: In no, the- not at all.
1: Yeah. So we're trying to create, you know, we're trying to create, like I sometimes say, you know, eBay of, of housing where, you know, parts of your home can have a, have a second, third and fourth life. And that's what the circular economy is about. Once you, once you've embodied all that carbon in creating something, make it last forever. Um, if you can, and then we, we actually, that that's a sustainable thing to do, but we're not driven by sustainability per se we're driven by making it affordable it's cheaper not to throw it away
0: absolutely no i mean i've i've had many interviews with people on green architecture and one of the things is you know salvaging the materials or repurposing materials yeah, yeah, yeah. you're not even going to that for you are just like we're taking this unit that you can plug in and plug out of a building as needed yeah. and i love the idea of you know working with your neighbors working with your community of who needs what yeah, because that makes it even better, because now you're helping your community as a whole and not just keeping it to just you.
1: Well, if I give you, if I give you my vacuum cleaner story, I think it sort of makes the point. So <laughs> my vacuum cleaner story is this, that I live in a home, I live in a neighborhood that was built by a developer. There are about 400 homes, something like that. And, um, and every single one of us owns a vacuum cleaner, right? So there are 400 vacuum cleaners. Maybe there are more, we have two. Um, but we have one with a lithium-ion battery that we can unplug and do the, the stairs. And we have one that rolls along the floor, two vacuum cleaners. Each vacuum cleaner takes up about one square foot of storage, and it's stored 95% of the week. Yes. We don't vacuum 5% of the week. We might vacuum 2% of the week. All 400 homes have, have vacuum cleaners. They all those vacuum cleaners cost three or 400 bucks each all of them are stored in space they had to build to store a vacuum cleaner all of them get used two percent of the time it's a complete waste of money completely everybody's also got electric drill they've got a lawnmower they've got a, a, a you know they've got we've had three car garages there are people parked on the street they have four and five cars and <laughs> um, and we're going to live in a future in which in which you know we're only going to need one vehicle there are going to be autonomous vehicles that get us from place to place for short trips which are going to be way cheaper than owning a car so we're we're going to find we've got all this superfluous space if i could rent a vacuum cleaner if it could be delivered to my door when i needed it and removed when i didn't this whole neighborhood probably would need 10 vacuum cleaners instead of 400. we'd all save money yeah. and so we're trying to be part of that economy that says you know, we just don't want to have to spend all of our capital on things that we never use. And and so it is with the space in our homes. And if we never use it, it's why don't we sell it? And and these things, pieces of buildings, a bedroom might be worth fifty or a hundred thousand dollars. We're not talking small money here. And my neighbor might pay fifty to a hundred thousand dollars to add the bedroom onto their home rather than move house. Every time they move house, they spend Five percent of the cost of their home on fees and costs for moving house. Yeah. So it would be cheaper to just add on and stay if I like it. You know, if I want to move for other reasons, fine. But if I don't, I don't have to. So you know, that circular economy idea of you know vacuum cleaners sort of drives our thinking on on the home designs.
0: I, and I, I like that. I mean, other than my mother who vacuums every single day, it's her thing. <laughs> kid you not, it's her thing. It's weird. Um, ours lives in the closet, comes out every once in a while. You know, we have two dogs, so it does mean we have to defer. But yeah, I mean, and it's space, it's using up space that could yep. easily be used for other things. And I like, I want to go back when you said the average house in the 50s was 800 square feet, and now it's 2000. We are accumulating too much stuff. Yep have stuff and as you said what you don't need what isn't useful to you just get rid of it sell it because someone else may need that much more than you do and that's going back into that circular economy of getting rid of what you don't actively need or use mind you we all have sentimental items i get that but if you're not actively using something if you can sell it give it you know someone else who actively would use it who could need it that's the important factor, and it's the affordability aspect as well as keeping everything level on a playing field, so everyone benefits.
1: I, I think it also helps that you know, one of the things that's been lost. Um, you know, I remember, and you know, I, I do say often, nostalgia is not what it used to be. But but if I could if I could bear with myself for a moment, you know, when I was a kid, and um, there was much more sense of community, and, yeah. and part of it is, in, in where I was brought up, people would come and borrow sugar and they would you know because they they didn't have any and so it was a long way to go to the store they'd come and say can I borrow some sugar and they would come into the house you know unannounced and they would get some sugar and they would take it and then when they bought sugar next time they'd bring some back There's, there's this whole sense of community now I'm not advocating people go into each other's homes but I am advocating finding a way to get people better connected and I think yeah. part of that is, you know, you see some of these apps where, you know, there are, there are these communities where people are connected through things like Nextdoor and mm-hmm. they, they share things and people, you know, I think we're very social creatures. You know, we like to share. We like to be generous. You know, we like to give and we like to get something for nothing. And And, and these are all natural traits. And we're trying to help people to do that on a bigger scale. Um, that, that I'm not saying you would give your bedroom away, but wouldn't it be nice if, if some you know you were able to say, that was mine once, as you walked past the house. And, I, and yeah. they had a the family and I helped them um, to to stay in their home uh, economically uh, because I yeah. didn't need this space anymore. And um, I, I sort of like that as a concept. And like I said, can we do it yet? No, we can do some of it. We can't do all of it. And we may never be able to do all of it. But you know, a boy can dream, right?
0: And, but it's a good dream, and you offer not just the AG, because I went again. Your website has a lot of information, folks. Please check it out. But um, in addition to all of the you know thermal capabilities, water efficiency, insulation, et cetera, et cetera, you are offering people this ability to be economically feasible. Yes. I mean, and, and the different models you have, you have a different, you have a number of different models, depending on what people need, what people want, what they can afford. So it's kind of something for everybody.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think we we also recognize that people are building homes that you, you know, when you look at a home for the future, I always think Peloton a good example of this Peloton puts out these amazing adverts, you know, two beautiful people with Walter, Walter ceiling glass, um in this home that looks like it was you know designed by Renzo piano and and it's absolutely so it's all aspirational right
0: yeah
1: and then you turn around in your in your track home you got crown molding and you know pressed uh, baseboards and glass sliding doors on the wardrobes and these you know $10 doors bit like behind me and I go I don't live in anywhere that looks anything like that I would like to but there is no choice nobody is yeah. making homes that are, <clears throat> are aspirational only two percent of homes in the United States <clears throat> excuse me I've got a cough for the moment only only two percent of homes in the United States are designed by architects so 98 percent don't mm-hmm. have an architect involved in the design and that's why they look like this this is cheap right and it also looks like the sort of home you know the outside of my home is all mock stone It looks like the sort of home that my grandparents might have aspired to live in. It's not the home that I would choose. So we said we can also allow people to to design homes that are the places they would like to live in. We've created a platform which is called Democratized Architecture, which is we have an algorithm. AI helps you, gives you the power. AI is just like a tool. It's like a power tool. And, and that's how I see it. It helps humans to do things they couldn't otherwise do easily. So we've got an AI design tools that allows you to design your own home as though you're an architect and you can't make nice. bad choices because it's been taught by an architect. So effectively we call it democratized architecture and we allow you to, to make choices uh, like that. And, um, and we think that's good because you'll design homes, that you aspire to have and not what a developer thinks you might want to live in.
0: Yeah, many times when people go house hunting, it's what's on the market. Correct. What's there?
1: Yeah.
0: What do, what's you know, what can I live with? Basically, it comes down to what can I live with and what can I absolutely not live with? Yeah, yeah. And you don't get to you know make it to your specifications, which is a wonderful thing to have because it used to be that way many, many, many years ago. Yeah. People could actually, Build what they wanted
1: yeah yeah and 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 part of that is it's like buying a used car you know you start by what, how much money have i got and then what's mm-hmm. the best i can get for the money that i've got and it's not what i want and, yeah um, and we're tra- we're saying it's got worse and worse because with house prices being nine times average income the second-hand car that we're buying has now become this really batty old banger with with rattling windows that doesn't start three times a week. Um, and that's all we can afford. And and that car's gonna cost me a fortune to maintain and operate.
0: Oh, and yes, so it's sure. getting
1: it's getting worse. And so we've said, oh this has to stop. And how can we reverse yeah. that trend? And part of it is we've got to go back to living in less big spaces. And we've got to get back to living within, you know, saying, well, we don't need two thousand five hundred square feet for two point five people. We just don't, yeah. you know, we might need a thousand square feet. And so, and we can afford a thousand square feet. There just aren't any homes on the market that are a thousand square feet. So,
0: no, precisely. I mean, I remember growing up, I was a huge fan of Frank Lloyd Wright. And yep. my, it was my dad who was really um, loved it. And the way that um, things were stored and the way the house was designed to maximize all the storage space in your home was remarkable. I thought that was kind of cool how things were just kind of. Put nooks and crannies mm. like that
1: well there are there are, I mean there are tech solutions now you know there's a company called Bumblebee and they've looked at overhead storage and all that space in the edges of the ceiling um, yeah. could be storage you don't have to build floor area it's a nice it's it's a nice idea you know Google have created a geothermal a company called Dandelion where you can use the heat in the ground to heat and cool your home um, without Brilliant. being connected to the utilities and, and I could go on and on and on. There are lots of really super interesting things. But as a consumer, it's too complicated to buy them. You go, well, what works? What doesn't? Can How I do trust I people who are selling it to me? Are they selling it to me because it's right for me or just because they want to make a sale? And we're saying, we can help you to make those choices because the bottom line is, is, is money. And we're yeah, going to oh, say, yeah. this is what it's going to cost you. And this is the benefit you're going to get from it and you can see if it's a good or a bad choice and so we we, you know you do that with cars right tesla says here's a car and then we're going to give you some choices you can change the wheels you can change the seat color or the materials and they say you know these are choices you can make and here's how much those choices would cost and you can make a value judgment well we're trying to do that for homes we're trying to say this is what they'll cost and this is the benefit to you of spending that money. And um, and people will make better choices when they're better informed.
0: And Yeah, and I'm better informed and just being educated and able to work with your builder, your contractor, everyone, suppliers. Yeah. And just so they learn and they can say, they could feel a little more empowered that they have yeah. some say in this yeah, exactly. and what their choices are. So Steve, how, how can people find you? How can they find Era? How can they work with you? Where, you know, I know you're still a startup, but how can people reach out to you?
1: Well, what we're doing at the moment is we have, uh, we created the Genuine Intelligence podcast, which, which the idea is that artificial intelligence is a guest on our show every week. And then we invite other guests and the other guests comment on what artificial intelligence says and when it answers the questions. We did that really to try and get people to to connect with us. So you can go and listen to the podcast, You'll see a link to era on the podcast, and um, yeah, you know, I'd love people to listen to what we're talking about. Come join us. The second way is to you know you see my name on the screen, just Google me. You'll find me on LinkedIn, every social media platform. Send me a direct message, um, I'll respond to every every message that I get. And the third way is to go to our website, which is dot Green. So A E R A dot green and just go on our website and there's a way there you can sign up and be kept informed about our progress and hopefully we can help you to own the home of your dreams
0: highly recommend um both of the podcasts because that was fun but the the website is a wealth of information i mean there, there is a ton of information that goes through every step of the process and what you can do and how efficient it is and how affordable it is so Highly recommend checking it out because um, you will learn a bunch of information just from reading through that. Um, so, Steve, thank you so much for your time today. A wealth of information is always always a pleasure talking to you, and thank you for helping us solve our um, home our affordable home issue because that's that's huge in this country right now.
1: I'm trying my best. <laughs>
0: and humble as always so um, i'm wendy nystrom your host with environmental social justice our special guest today steve burles with era also check out the genuine intelligence podcast everything can be found on linkedin and also on our website we will talk to you later bye-bye thank you.